0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Yam Podcast. My name is Nahal Hafin and I am your host. Today we have another new episode for you, and we have Melissa Rodriguez in the building. And oh my gosh, when you listen to this podcast, you will hear some amazing things about animals and how you can cure them, and also babies, and how the magical powers of herbal and naturopathic medicine have on the effects of both animals and babies. It's amazing. When I was listening to the replay of this, it just took me to like many different places. <laughs> it took me to like just of the wonder of the world and how we really don't understand anything about life. And now welcome you basically in discovering a new way of looking at things. So let's begin. Welcome to the Yam Podcast. My name is Naha Hachbin, and today we have our very own Melissa Rodriguez. And allow me to read a little bit of a, her bio. Melissa Rodriguez is a trained naturopath with over 15 years' experience in the field of health and wellness. She helps busy people struggling with health issues get the knowledge and clarity they need to transform their lives. She provides support to individuals in their goals for disease prevention, promoting a holistic approach to sleep, to food, their habits, their environment, relationships, and much more. Melissa's clients know her holistic approach to personalized health management is based on trust, communication, and unwavering support. I can vouch for that because Mm -hmm. Melissa has definitely helped me on some things let's just say some things. And I've benefited so much from her work that I really just wanted to share this with my community as well. And really almost use this opportunity to also ask more questions from Melissa, because there was a lot of things that I thought I knew about naturopathic medicine, but I do did not clearly did not when she started giving me things, but we'll get more into that later. So Welcome Melissa. Welcome to the podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. So let's start with the basic. What is naturopathic medicine for anyone who's, if this is their first time hearing about this, Mm -hmm. how would you share? What would you say to them? So naturopathic medicine is the art and practice
1: of preventing illness and treating disease using natural therapies. Mm. And some of the natural therapies that I use are herbs, dietary modifications, anything related to nutrition. Mm. So supplementation I use as well. I use homeopathic medicine and lifestyle counseling.
0: Okay. So what's homeopathic medicine? And how's that? Okay, Yeah. How's that different in naturopathic medicine?
1: <laughs> a lot of people get that confused. A yeah. lot of people ask me, oh, you're like you're a homeopath. I'm like, no, I'm a naturopathic doctor. It's a bit different. So a homeopathic doctor is someone who studied homeopathy and purely only homeopathy is a system of medicine that developed in Germany. I'd say about 200 years ago, and it uses dilute natural substances, things from plant animal or mineral or or to basically stimulate the body's own healing response so Mm. homeopaths only use homeopathic medicines but naturopaths use a combination of natural treatments so not just homeopathy but also acupuncture traditional chinese medicine is also part of our scope
0: oh wow so you can do acupuncture as well yes That's one thing I did not ask you to do for me, but I will now that I know.
1: (laughs) Okay, cool. Yeah. So nutrition and things like that.
0: Okay. All right. So maybe now explain to our audience what we're basically, so herbs, I get, they're like, they're crushed into powder and put in like a pill, like a veggie, like a vegetable capsule, right? and then you swallow that. But naturopathic medicine, this was where I found like most interesting, which were like these pellets of like just white powder, which look like BB guns, honestly. So I was just like, what? And we're supposed to put them under our tongues. I don't know if all of them.
1: Yeah. Those are homeopathic remedies.
0: Oh, that's homeopathy. Got it. Okay.
1: Yes. Herbs can come in different forms. Like you can have them in a pill form, like you mentioned, but you yeah. could also take them in tea form. Yeah. There's also tinctures that you make extracting the yeah. components with alcohol or glycerin as well. So it's, yeah, there's different ways to take herbs also. Just
0: okay. like I mentioned. Cool. Yes. Okay. The things that you gave me were homeopathic medicine, homeopathy then. Yes. I see. Okay. So those are like the diluted forms and the way you explained it to me before is that talk about the nanoparticle sort of situation, (laughs) Okay, like how it works on the body. Yeah. So
1: like I mentioned, homeopathy uses
0: dilute
1: substances to stimulate the body's healing response. They're diluted so much that basically in the end, you don't have any molecules of that substance left in the remedy wow it's beyond avogadro's number so a lot of people say that that's the placebo effect they work because of placebo it's there's nothing there actually yeah exactly yeah so homeopathy is an energetic type of medicine And Mm. some people can't wrap their head around that. So for people that don't, then I explain that there's a lot of things in science that we don't understand yet. And we Mm. can use an example of the past where if you were to say to somebody 200 years ago, or even less, 100 years ago, that there's particles that are smaller than electrons, there are smaller than that. would have said that you're crazy there's no way you can't detect it you can't see it that's the smallest thing but why was that it's because we didn't have the technology to detect subatomic particles Mm. but now we know there are particles that are even smaller than electrons and who knows maybe there's even smaller ones still that again we can't detect but to say Absolutely, this doesn't work because I don't know how it works. I don't think that's right. Because homeopathy has been used on animals. There's vets that use mm. homeopathic uh, remedies, yeah. Nice. And animals are not susceptible to placebo effect. Or infants, homeopathy mm. is really good for babies. It's an amazing treatment because it's so gentle and yes. safe. And yeah, babies are not susceptible to placebo effect. Yeah, So then I think for people that are very skeptical, I just think you have to try it. And then when you see the effect, then you'll know.
0: So I'm definitely a believer and I know I'm just like at this point because I'm also a trained scientist as well. So I like to try to be able to explain these sort of things. So we definitely didn't learn (laughs) that there's Mm -hmm. anything smaller than electrons in our science class. Like we talked Mm -hmm. about the proton, the neutrons, like those were larger. Electrons are smaller for sure. Anything smaller than that, we didn't really talk about. But something that I'm trying to wrap my brain around just by you saying this, because The way an integrative yoga therapist works with like energy is more like through either Reiki, like energy healing or through like yoga asanas, like working with the body and like moving and diverting energy in your body or through the breath practices and stuff like that. To me, Mm -hmm. it's a it's wild, but not unfathomable. I just want to understand how or if I don't know if you will be able to explain like the connection between this, but basically how because homeopathy, even though it's small pellets, it's still a physical substance. It's of the world of matter. And each, we know that each physical thing has like an energy, like a vibration to it. I'm just trying to think, my- think aloud really out here that these little pellets, they're so diluted and they work on the energetic level. But then what is the purpose of the matter in that? Like why yeah, it's a and, carrier. And how does the substance just, it's a carrier of the energy you're saying, basically.
1: Yeah, it's a carrier of the remedy that contains the energy. You need mm-hmm. a sugar. So the sugar pellet itself is not the remedy. The remedy is within that pellet, but that's something, right. it's a carrier. It's for you to be able to put it in your mouth.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Have just out of curiosity, have they tried to just put the pellet around them, not even eat it just around? them? Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: There's a lot. If people are really sensitive, for example, yeah. uh, they can put the remedy under their pillow overnight and they have an effect. So it really depends on the person.
0: Yeah. Because the way I usually explain the energetic body to people is that it extends 1.5 meter in a circular globe all around your body. So I often tell people we're in each other's energetic fields right now. Or if I give them a hug or we're just like sitting in a close quarter, like literally on New Year's Eve, just a couple of days ago, we were like talking. Somebody asked me what I do. And I was like, I'm an integrative yoga therapist. And unusually, I got the answer of, uh, wh- what that is and I was like see right now we're all in each other's like energetic field so if I'm like feeling something you guys would likely be feeling it you'd be feeling but your impression mental impressions of this would be like of oh she's experiencing joy it's new year's eve like she's feeling happy and then like, someone else was actually depressed and just had a breakup and so they were like I could feel congestion and or whatnot so I would imagine these homeopathic like If it does work on the energy level that maybe it's not even necessary to ingest, it would just like even being 1.5 meters within your physical radius would be sufficient. No, that's really quite fascinating. So placebo effect doesn't work. This is my thing. Like when you were talking about animals, animals usually have natural instinct to go and eat certain like diuretic herbs, leaves to like, make them like, just go so that they like release the toxins. How Mm -hmm. did, I'm just like wondering, like, why could they have not figured out what they needed in terms of that sickness, depending on, of course, like what it was, but I'm just like thinking like, wouldn't they know, wouldn't the animals know like how to heal themselves? Like under what circumstances would homeopathic, homeopathic like medicine be used? Oh, lots
1: of things. Broken bones. Of course. Uh, Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. uh, I mean, final issues. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Got it. Okay. I was like thinking more digestive or like organ related Mm. and stuff like that. Okay. Or even some animals
1: also have issue. Fear, for example, is an emotion that an animal has. Yes. That can also be treated using homeopathy because it's energetic. It doesn't just work on the physical.
0: Oh, so like animals who have had like trauma. Is that what you're talking about? Because we're not talking about that. We're talking about like animals that have, I watched a show of like cats that have been, or like they were rescued. And then the owners were just like, we don't know what to do with it. Like it it, like hisses at us. Like it thinks it's physiology treats you wanting to go pet it as like an attack. And then they Mm -hmm, start like mm -hmm. scratching and doing whatever. So I thought that was like really interesting. And like they did need, and he was talking about how there's chemical imbalances and stuff like that that they're not mm. able to come back down to center. We talk mm. about the stress responses being like so quick, right? Like you you get mm. stress, you have fear, and then you come back down. But mm. with these animals, I guess they, it's homeopathic medicine could be worked when you can't help. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: Oh, interesting. That's funny. Mm. That's that's amazing. Okay, cool. And I would assume, I would actually imagine that it would work. Really well with them because they have exactly. natural. They go. They like pick up on like natural things. Anyways, that just a little bit of assistance would be sufficient for their body to just yeah. regulate it. And also,
1: there's no blockages, right? Like for humans, yeah. if you give someone something mental you know, blockages, if, you mean exactly. If in their mind they're like, "This isn't gonna work," this uh, then your mind is a powerful thing. It can impact. Yes. So I think yeah, it doesn't for animals. They're not you know, that's not an issue. So in a way, yeah. maybe think of it as them being more pure in terms of being able to accept the remedy.
0: For sure. For sure. Is that like a huge chunk of your work that you have to speak beyond a person's mind?
1: It's definitely a part of it because Mm -hmm. from a naturopathic perspective, we're more than just our body. For sure. Yeah. Our emotions and our spirit is a part of us as Mm -hmm. well. You have to treat it all like you have to integrate it all together, I think.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I've been having these experiences lately where they've happened over the years, but now it's starting to like really come full circle for me of how powerful the thoughts are and how Mm. important, like now I'm slightly on the verge of a freak out because even despite me doing hours of meditation, reflecting on my thoughts and really trying there are moments where I will just draw a blank or I'll just suddenly go this dark path and start like cussing someone else in my mind. And I don't have the awareness that I'm doing it. But then from that energy, ugh, ugh, it's just, you're feeling all those things. And it's really, at this point, it's it's a real hazard because I don't know if it's because I'm so, I'm aware of what the power of thought is. Like at this point, if I have a racist thought, I will cut myself. I will literally cut into my flesh somehow. Whatever is happening around me either will fall on top of me or will cut. Like last time it was doing dishes. I had the negative thought just slipped. And literally I, now I'm at the point where I can actually know what thought I'm thinking when the incident happens. Like I had a, I had to get a stitches a couple years ago. And I do remember that I was having some serious racist thoughts. And this happened when I didn't even know there was a knife that it literally cut into my flesh. And speaking of the pandemic, of this is like these sort of thoughts are like amplified. I'm very aware of any thought against one other human is against the whole. It's like a blow to the whole fabric of society. I don't use in your own words. Tell us how important the thought is and what kind of effects. I'm sure you have like examples of how powerful the thought is and how literally, even when you're aware, like, what do you do? You just, there's the only thing that I know at this point is just to be compassionate with myself because it's not that I don't try. It's not that I'm not striving, but it slips and you're just like this is i need to just stop all thought the thing is that
1: we're human right we do make mistakes and our mind sometimes runs off on its own so i think like you said the point of being compassionate with oneself is really important but i think also it has to do with the society that we're in it's like tofu tofu is bland on its own doesn't really have flavor But when you marinate it in something, it takes the flavor, it takes on the flavor of that thing. So for us, we're marinating in (laughs) today's society is a bit of a toxic soup of racism, sexism, all kinds of isms. It's in a way, it just, it's not unnatural that sometimes those thoughts come in our mind. But Mm. the important part is to realize that's wrong and to really know that it's not true. It's just a thought and to let it go. Be compassionate, let it go and move on.
0: Yeah, I think something that was shared to me by therapists as well is they're not your thoughts. These are not your thoughts that you're thinking, that these are thoughts that is around in your environment. And that you're so sensitive that you end up picking up on those thoughts. But then when it lands in your body, it's so real. It's so like you, you think it's like literally a part of you that you're just like shamed. You're, mm. You feel ashamed. And you're like, I don't usually think this way about other people. Sometimes I have the awareness. But when you're home alone and you start picking up on neighbors Things, then it gets confusing because literally there's no one else physically around you, energetically, up and down, left and right. There are people with thoughts and their own troubles. But this is, it's so fascinating, like how connected we are. Yeah. What, so what are some issues that you see commonly in your practice when it comes to like moms or like babies? Or Mm. like moms and babies. Has it ever been that a mom brought a baby over that you're like, no, actually, you're the one who needs the remedy? (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. That happens all the time, actually.
0: Really? Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Or a lot of times the baby will need the same remedy as the mom. Sometimes if you're trying to figure out the baby's remedy, of course, you can't ask the baby questions. Yes. But a lot of times the mom's remedy works well for the baby, for an infant. Yeah. Before I get into that, maybe I'll just talk a little bit more about naturopathic medicine because maybe some people still don't know. I use natural therapies, but I think the principles of naturopathic medicine are really amazing. That's one of the reasons why I love it so much. And that is that the body has its own ability to heal itself. Mm. And I I think that. that Yeah, you know that, right? One analogy that I use is colds or flus. Your body just naturally heals from that. You don't really need to take a medication. Your body wants to be in homeostasis and is constantly trying to bring you back into balance. Yeah. The other example is a broken bone. There's nothing a doctor can do to help heal a bone. Literally, what you do is you put it in a position where it's not going to get damaged further. But that bone is going to heal itself and it will heal itself stronger than it was before. Oh, wow! That part where you broke your bone, you'll never break that part again. That bone becomes Interesting. stronger, yes. So, the body mm. can do this, right? And yeah. in all kinds of cases, we just need to. My job is to support that process, yeah. And because our body responds well to natural substances, it seeks light, you know what I mean? They get it. The, We respond where our cells respond well to like plants and minerals. It's a natural substance, natural thing. Mm -hmm. By using these substances, we help stimulate the body's own healing response. Mm -hmm. We help speed that up. We help make it more efficient. We provide the nutrients that the body needs to do that healing. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a really important concept because a lot of times people think that when they go to the doctor, it's going to fix them just with this pill that they're going to take, right? yes. but it doesn't really work like that. Yeah, Maybe you're treating the symptoms, but you're not getting to the root cause. And that's another uh, principle of naturopathic medicine is that we're treating the root cause of disease. Mm. So what does that mean? That means if someone has a headache, I don't just automatically give like a plant or a homeopathic remedy that deals with pain. Mm-hmm. I need to find out where is that pain coming from? Why? There's so many reasons why someone could have a headache. It mm-hmm. could be because you tell me, what are some reasons you think? I'm not,
0: well, if I were to think about it, I would give you like an integrated yoga therapy response, which is the root of all diseases is in the mental and emotional layer. So mm-hmm. like thoughts that cause your brain pain is actually an attack on your own self mm-hmm. self-defeating thoughts. So I would be asking them, tell me about where you're undermining yourself. That's like mm-hmm. what I would say. Okay. Cause it's like, it's, I'm sure you're familiar with Louise Hay, um, mm-hmm. where she like, like each part of the body is like, it represents something. And not only have I, has that been really my Bible But also I've found that it is true that when I, whenever I tell someone about it or I say that, okay, you're having blood issues. Do you have issues with your family? And I start digging there and they start looking at me like, what are you talking about? I'm just ill. Like I have cancer. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you got issues with your family, get it together. But then nobody has ever said it to them in that way that they're just like, oh, wait, maybe there's. This is one new avenue that I've never explored before. So maybe I'll explore it sort of situation. But I don't know, for me, even though there are many reasons for a headache, for me, it's simple. It's like really, of course, like there's dehydration and all these Mm -hmm. things, but like still, even with being dehydrated, it stems from like the mental and emotional layer that like if you were to, yeah, if you didn't have self-defeating thoughts, your head wouldn't hurt. Yeah.
1: So you go a bit deeper then in terms of headache. But for me, like I try to find out, yeah, where it comes from. Maybe it comes from that level. But I don't know if I would say that for everybody, that's the mm. case. Someone could have, for example, somebody maybe needs glasses and oh, they're in a classroom sure. and they're squinting all for the time. Sure. And that's the problem. You put on glasses, the headaches go away. Yeah. So I think that's, for me, the point is trying to get to the root cause of the issue and not just treat the symptoms because that's a a band-aid approach.
0: I would also say for someone else who's sensitive to light, also that goes again with the squinting and the eyes and the optical nerves and how that's related to the brain. There's so many intricacies with that. So it's not, so yeah, I would agree. It's not a blanket statement, but like, I would say for the majority of the, people like it's usually pretty you
1: gotta go deeper
0: i would say it's actually more basic but like then of course like if you're asking all these questions and you're still they're like no then it's then you're just like oh okay then you got to go to these other reasons yeah so let's go back to like moms and babies what are some (laughs) things that they that you see primarily is their main issues at least like nowadays i feel like there's probably a pattern of some sort that you've identified over the years that you've done this, that you're like, I know that usually if the baby comes, this is usually the thing, or like the mom comes, depending on what's happening with the f- husband or the family, or like whether or not she has support or girlfriends. I think all of that would matter, but it's still in the same circle, just going around, no?
1: So you're asking about the mom's condition or the baby's? Both.
0: Both. They're related. What would moms Some, come like what kind of issues would a mom like she would bring her baby to you? And what, what is usually the issue with the baby? Like diarrhea? Yeah, usually
1: digestive stool, Okay. Stomach pain. There, what's the word I want to use? Flat, Call it. Got it. Yeah. Crying, a lot of crying mm-hmm. and squirming, and just knowing that they have gas and it's really painful and they can't, they don't know how to treat it. Or they've mm-hmm. tried. Some things, there's gripe water that people use often. That's a natural remedy. Tried and true. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: Sometimes if that's not helping, yeah, then they'll come see me. Or rashes. Rashes are another common one. In Rashes.
0: Interesting. Interesting.
1: For babies, I would say that's usually most of what I get.
0: So what would be, what would you think the cause of that would be for like, stomach issues or
1: sometimes it's related to
0: the milk that they're drinking yeah
1: sensitivities from the mom so like breast milk yeah like mom is sensitive to certain foods and then baby
0: uh, eats it and is exactly, like
1: exactly oh. yeah so mm-hmm. that could be that sometimes happens is it, so
0: just wondering the, the mechanism of that so if mom's sensitive to certain types of food she can't break it down That's floating into the breast milk and then baby eats that undigested stuff and then gets sick. Is Is that how?
1: i don't know about undigested or not because also it could just be that the baby themselves is reacting to that it's the proteins in the milk that maybe they come i don't know exactly what it is about that substance let's say cabbage and onions those are really common garlic those are common to affect babies i don't know if it's exactly proteins or if it's like other substances i would assume it's proteins in the milk that then the child is reacting to that's one way but sometimes the moms are eating a pretty bland diet and still the child is reacting so in that case i use homeopathy because i'm treating the child alone so yeah
0: got it so what about mom mama's issues what are some mommy issues that come up It depends.
1: Like usually moms with infants don't come to see me unless it's for their infant. (laughs) Because yeah, they're too busy taking care of their baby to think about themselves. And unfortunately, that's always the case. I'm trying to think if I've ever had a mom with an infant come to see me for herself. I don't think so. (laughs) Wow. Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because they're so focused on caring for their baby. And but so they kind and bring their baby,
0: but still not to deal with their own stuff. But stuff, they still will go through stuff. Like, or is it maybe- Yeah, of course. Would go just- through stuff, but they just don't deal with it. Or they might, it's funny that I feel like maybe it's not that they don't deal with it, but in those moments, it might be so dire. And so like last minute that they've pushed it where they need Western medicine, something like quick and not like slow- or you can't, that's, that's just what I'm thinking that I'm like, that doesn't make sense to me because women would still like people, if they're coming with their babies with homeopathic, like medicine and naturopathic medicine, like they, that would already mean that they're in that mindset of thinking of like natural remedies for the Mm -hmm. baby and for Mm -hmm. themselves too. But it's interesting how you've never seen a mom. That's, That's strange for me. Just for herself. Just for herself. Yeah. Yeah. I would think that a lot of moms who are breastfeeding would come to you because Western medicine really sucks Mm. when it comes to medications for pregnant women. They're so fearful of doing testing on pregnant women because the damage is double on two lives that they don't do it. And what is actually really because they don't do it, that there's really not enough evidence, scientific evidence for pregnancies. It's really, it's, I don't think it's humane, but then also it's because there's also been a lot of ill that has happened with this particular population, like women who are pregnant, that like research laws around them are like so much more tighter.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: But I think like I have had pregnant women
1: come to me. Yeah, that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Because Um, I'm like,
0: yeah, because they wouldn't have Western medicine or much of Western medicine options for whatever they're going through. Exactly. Or safe remedies. So
1: insomnia, digestive issues, those kind of things that I've had to deal with for pregnant women. Yeah. Anxiety.
0: Yes. So how do you deal with anxiety or what are some of the remedies that Um, you provide for anxiety?
1: So for anxiety, I think it has to be a combination of things. Always look I always look at the diet no matter who comes to me for what. Interesting. So I'm always looking at what they're eating. Yeah, mm-hmm. because we know that there's a lot of foods that support mental health. Light like? fruits, vegetables, legumes, foods that are high in B vitamins, zinc. We want to make sure iron is another one. So we want to make sure mm-hmm. that they have good levels of these vitamins because a deficiency could cause symptoms of anxiety or depression. So that's the foundation is having the appropriate diet. And then sometimes supplementation is needed. Extra B vitamins can help improve mood and energy levels. And they're relatively safe, very safe, actually. Then the next step is to either look at herbs Mm -hmm. or use homeopathy.
0: So how do you prescribe herbs? Is it like leaves and teas and tinctures? Yeah, it
1: depends how. Yeah, sometimes tinctures, sometimes tea. And Some, Rarely capsules. Yeah, I okay. mostly use tinctures, yeah.
0: Liquid's the best.
1: Yeah, and uh, usually I'll use either one, if I know of one herb in particular that's helpful, I will prescribe one herb. And sometimes I will use formulas where there's more than one herb. Mm. But I try to not use formulas with a ton of different things because I do want the treatment to be like focused. Because sometimes Mm. if you put everything together, you're just trying to do like a catch all and it's a mishmash of different herbs because each herb has its own profile Mm. and the type of person that it would help is very specific. Yeah, You don't want to put too much in there in a way. I think it dilutes it, right? If you're doing that.
0: And I would imagine the body gets confused, like being like, Oh mm. my god, which one do you want me to do yeah. first, man? <laughs> yeah. Slow down, <up>. pace yourself, <laughs> or yeah. give instructions one by one. Lately, a herb that I've been I've just been finding the amazingness of peppermint mm. tea. And I usually mm-hmm. I, I would never drink it, but like the lining of my stomach has been a bit sensitive. Mm. And I find that it's mm-hmm. it like so much. Yeah. So wonderful. one yeah. Do you have any other ones? Any other suggestions? Chamomile is a classic
1: one because I have that too.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Chamomile is a nervine, meaning that it calms the nervous, nervous system. And yeah. And specifically it acts on the stomach. So the digestive system has a strong link to our mental, emotional. Yeah, it's exactly. straight up.
0: It's directly linked to the brain. This is why the food that's digested in your stomach and like the nutrients in your intestine is, I would say more the intestine than it is the stomach, but I guess of course it's linked. Like the way I usually describe it is how much of men, like when you were talking about babies and how they have mostly like digestive issues, I was thinking these tiny little human beings are just been born into this life. And they're asked to digest these big emotions of the people around them. Literally, Mm -hmm. like it's literally it's and the stomach is there to digest, break down emotions, energies, whatever it is. If there's any stomach issues, it stems from being like the level or intensity of things that you need to digest. is just cumbersome. To Mm -hmm. your system that you just get taxed, which is like the stomach is like the organ to break it down and the intestine is to absorb the nutrients. So if you're not Mm -hmm. one able to break things down properly, then Mm -hmm. you can't digest things slowly. This is the same thing that goes up to the brain and provides nutrients for the brain to think. So it's, it's connected in the way that like any emotion or mental thing that's happening around you. I'm just connecting this actually to what we talked about before this conversation. And I was mm-hmm. like, this makes a lot of sense why I have digestive issues. If mm-hmm. I'm processing all these things that feel so heavy and I'm feeling unable or taxed to break it down, it's like too much. It's almost mm-hmm. like I need things to be more simple. I just need to slow down on the amount of emotions or slow down on the amount of things that I'm processing all at one point. Yeah. But babies, like, my gosh, they just come into this world and they're just like, like almost, I would see it as like an attack, like just Mm. hit with all of these. Yeah.
1: I think in terms of the mental, emotional side of things, definitely it's all connected. Absolutely. So I think taking a holistic look at someone's health involves not just asking about their habits and their routines and their lifestyle, sleep, energy levels, diet, and so on, but also about their mental, emotional life. What are they going through? What are their thoughts? What are their fears? That's actually a question I often ask my patients about their fears. What are your fears? Um, Yes. Yeah. I do mm-hmm. ask that actually, because it helps to find the right homeopathic remedy. So homeopathic <laughs> remedies are great because like I said, it's dealing on an, with the body on an energetic level. Mm-hmm. So I don't just ask questions related to physical, but also mental, emotional as well.
0: Yeah. I think what blows me away is that there are physical things to these emotional th- things, right? Because like when a client comes to me for something like that, I would prescribe them like a mental exercise. I would skip the physical body thing because ultimately Mm -hmm. it's, I'm like pluck the weed from your mind rather than your body. But I find it so interesting that there is also a remedy that you don't skip the question, but the remedy that you provide is slightly different. And that, that I find really fascinating because you, it sounds like you're going one way with the questions, but then it's like, no, the remedy is physical. So that, that, that kind of connection is interesting. All right. Mm -hmm. There is a question that I wanted to ask you about hypnotherapy, because I don't know if it's just in my field or like somehow in me, I had this like really negative attitude towards hypnotherapy And that really stemmed from reading the book on the autobiography of a yogi. So it's this yogi who brought like yoga to the West. He's like a very well-known like guru. And he basically like popularized yoga to the West, Western world. And it's the first book that was ever written by like a guru. And it was really amazing. But in the book, he talks about hypnotherapy as a weakness of the mind. Of for you to allow someone else to penetrate your mind is like a lesser form. But the way you described it to me, I did not get that feeling. And I probably would not trust anyone else to do hypnotherapy on me other than you probably. At this point, definitely is no one else. But please, for other people, who might find hypnotherapy helpful or who have this mental block like I did. Can you please share us in your words, like what you think hypnotherapy is and like how it can help?
1: Sure, yeah. I love hypnotherapy because it's a very powerful therapy because basically it's all about you. It's not someone penetrating your mind. It's you yourself in your own mind and someone's just guiding you there. God. Yeah. So yeah.
0: I think just I think that would know, relax people a lot more. Yeah. yeah. There's just been a
1: lot of misinformation from so many years about hypnotherapy,
0: but I think but- also abuse. I would say also maybe a certain level of abuse too.
1: You can't really make someone do something they don't want to do. Someone allows themselves to be hypnotized. It's not that they hypnotize you against your will or make you do things against your will. Even those kind of hypnotherapists that do shows for like entertainment purposes. Those people want to be up there. They've been selected specifically for that reason. So they ask for volunteers. So there's nobody who's not going to want to do that to go up there. But the I, bet there's, going,
0: but I hmm? bet there's people who are like, oh, I'm going to go up there and show that nobody can penetrate my mind. And they're like, and still they're like, they feel they, they can't control their bodies or whatever. No,
1: that's totally a myth. You can control your body. Absolutely. And you can decide at any point not to do what the hypnotherapist is asking you. That's a show. That's just literally a show. That's not actual Mm. hypnotherapy for treatment. Yeah, And like I said, yeah, there's no way anybody can... You're fully aware. You're not asleep. You're not knocked out. You are fully in control of your own body.
0: When you did hypnotherapy on me, I was really trying to stay up on my guard, be alert, be aware, keep my willpower, whatever it was. But towards the end, like when we finished... I did not have any clue of how much time went. And it, and I remember you were like saying, it's been an hour. <laughs> and I'm like, really? And it really didn't feel that way to me. I was like, so relaxed. I was just chilling. Like, I really think I needed that. But, yeah. but again, I was so tight on my control, but still I had zero awareness of how much time went by. Like that to me, yeah. I still felt like, I didn't have enough of a grip on the situation, not even knowing like how much time lapse, because I was like, if I really do have that much control over my body, I would have known. I would have known not necessarily. So for example, hypnotherapy
1: is just a state of deep relaxation. So to be quote unquote, hypnotized Mm. means that you're in a state of deep relaxation. Mm. We do that to ourselves all the time, or what happens to us? Like, for example, when you're right about to fall asleep, when you're in between sleeping and waking, Yeah, That point where you're letting go of your body, but obviously you're still aware, you're still there, it's still you, but you're just very relaxed. Or when you get into a state of what we call flow. So for example, you're like riding a bike and it's a big, long, straight path and you just tune things out. You're just riding next thing you know, whoa, you've gone so many blocks down the street, even like driving that happens too sometimes on a Mm. highway. Or you go into autopilot and you go to, let's say you're going home to the grocery store and you get there and you're like, whoa, I didn't even realize it. Like you were just going through the motions. And so it doesn't mean that you lost control of your body. It just means that you were in a very relaxed state. And that's why you lose track of time.
0: See, this is why I would only trust you to do this. Because I'd be like, I don't even think someone else would be able to like, Use words like that to come for me to be like, oh, okay, no, that's cool, that's cool. <laughs> you still were in control now, yeah,
1: even though absolutely.
0: control is an illusion and whatever. Mm. Yeah, there was something you mentioned that it's like twice now that I've been wanting to say it. Oh, when it comes to healing the body. Something Mm. that I often share with people like when it comes to healing of the body is that your body knows how to heal itself, but the prerequisite is that it needs to be in a calm state. You need to be calm, relaxed in order for the body's naturalisms to kick in to be able to heal your body. And that is like one of the prerequisites. So one of the things that, one of the reasons why I needed hypnotherapy is because it was such a stressful time that nothing I did was able to calm me down that I I really needed something to enforce this so that my body could remember again what it (laughs) does best. So I think that also for people to like really remember is that our bodies are absolutely amazing, but there are prerequisite conditions that it needs. And there are things like homeopathic medicine that like helps to jumpstart it and to kickstart mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. process. And to like, cause if you're so scared and your whole body is consumed in a fear or in a, in an emotion, in an anxiety, your body's not going to have the time or like even the space to start healing itself because it's busy being fearful it's busy being anxious and it can't like do both those things at the same time
1: you know that's uh hormones too right so when you're stressed or nervous you're in a fight or flight response your body's prepared for any assault that could come and so your cortisol levels are high your hormones are your stress hormones are basically running in full gear but when you're in that state It's about survival. It's not about healing or resting. Yeah. So you need to get into that state of rest and relaxation. So your body's okay, I'm safe now. Mm -hmm. I can rebuild. I can repair. But Mm -hmm. if you're trying to escape for your life, basically, which is what the uh, stress response does to us, then no, you can't waste time or energy. Actually, it's energy from your body Mm
0: -hmm. to heal
1: because you just got to get out of there or you mm. won't make it. And that comes ancestrally from trying to escape tigers, bears, what have you. And now in our society, we don't encounter that. But even the messages on our phones are like assaulting us all the time. And yeah. people do get a stress response from that. It's like, oh, someone texted me. I got to an answer. What's happening? Yeah. Oh, it's oh, it's a client. Exactly. So yeah, we have different kinds of stresses, but they're around us all the time. So it's really hard to find that parasympathetic state because mm, you can that's eat- what stress is. It's a sympathetic, it's a like goal run, high blood pressure, high heart rate, high breathing rate. It's all stress. And then parasympathetic is relaxation. It's rest. It's calm. It's a lower heartbeat, lower heart rate, lower blood pressure. And that's when the healing happens. That's why at night when we sleep, and it's actually certain levels of sleep, like deeper layers of sleep that when the body heals itself, Mm. and if we're not getting enough deep and restful sleep, then also we're going to have challenges in that area.
0: So- Lately, I've been experiencing like from sleeping to waking up, not the other way around, but sleeping to actually maybe both ways, even when I'm waking awake and I'm going falling asleep, both in and out, it happens, but mostly waking from sleep, where literally the second before I wake up, I either have like a mini dream or like a task or like a instruction or like a thing. And it's like this sleeping to waking time has become really, I would say just like different for me. And just based off of what you said before, that has to do with us being so relaxed that those parts of our brain or soul is able to like detect, like, how would you explain something like that? Like that literal that moment of sleep and awake.
1: Sorry, the question is, how would you describe, how would I describe How would you that- explain
0: what my experience is, basically? So your experience is that when you're about to wake up, you have a, a thought, a vision or dream, but it's like, I'm having a dream. But right mm-hmm. before, it's almost like an independent thought from the dream or like a re-emphasis of the dream. Like a bullet Mm -hmm. point summary, like being like, And "Uh, you're awake already? Literally, I'm about to get awake. So it's my eyes are right before my eyes open. I don't know.
1: I'm not a dream expert, but I would I would suspect that it's part of your dream. It's just the end of your dream and you're coming out of it in -hmm. between that state. And that's how you actually remember your dreams because you're on a lighter level of sleep. It's not the deepest level because the deepest level, you're not going to remember anything. Um, Mm. But if you're on a lighter level of sleep, you can. That's why a lot of times before, let's say in the middle of the night, you're sleeping, you wake up to go to the washroom. If you experience that, you'll remember what you were just dreaming about.
0: Mm. I don't know. Um. Like when it comes to when you hypnotize me, like I was super relaxed. I was like my body has probably was more relaxed than sleep, but I was Mm. fully conscious of Mm -hmm. of that time. And I'm also thinking about yoga nidras like that Mm -hmm. I do all the time where it's like a deeper state of rest so you do remember in those yeah yeah there's
1: different levels of sleep too right depending on your brain waves
0: maybe okay so maybe it's not you're aware but it's not dreaming you're talking about in deeper states of sleep you don't dream is that what it Mm -hmm. was but you can't remember it you can't remember it okay yeah then that wouldn't be your conscious yeah all right my love this has been wonderful Please tell everyone where they can find you, where they can hit you up and call you up and what would you say are reasons like why people should come to you? I would say everyone for every certain thing. People, things that people don't often think about of what you could actually help them with and then they're like, "Oh, I could, what would you say?" Like you said,
1: anything and everything really because No matter what you're going through, there's a way to optimize your health using natural substances. So even if it's something where, let's say you're being treated for cancer and you're doing chemotherapy, there's still a lot of supportive therapies that can be used to help together. Exactly. Exactly. To help counteract the negatives. Yeah, exactly. Exactly so mm-hmm. i'm trying to think more specifically what would be reasons i think a lot of people suffer with chronic health conditions
0: yes. that your
1: doctor tells you okay you're we just have to gonna be on this medication for life or there's nothing we can do for you i've seen amazing results with patients like that miracle so, yeah so i i don't think there's maybe you can't necessarily cure a patient but you can definitely improve their quality of life. And in some cases you can achieve a cure, even when doctors have said there's nothing we can do. So I think having hope is one thing for sure. And the other thing is trying unconventional therapies, just giving them a chance and seeing if they work. And naturopathic medicine now is really much more accepted than it was years ago, years, yeah, 20 years ago or more. So- I don't think it's more in the mainstream now, but yeah, I think it's for chronic conditions, it works amazingly well. People are like, they can't believe the results.
0: Yeah. So like, I would like off the top of my head, thinking of like public health statistics, like, diabetes, hypertension, mm-hmm. those are the top two. Really. Things like
1: arthritis or yes, eczema, yes. Things that literally the doctor can only do give you like a steroid to, mm. to suppress it or asthma. That's another one. There's no, the treatment for that is suppress, stop your body from responding, but yeah. it's not going to the root cause. Right. Yes. And so you're going to exactly. always be having to do the inhalers, do the creams and then the second people stop, it all comes back and 10 times worse. I think if someone is suffering with a chronic condition, looking for a natural approach is going to make a huge difference. Yeah.
0: Please tell people what you can, where people can find you. So people know, and they can contact you and hit you up and be like, I want to talk to Melissa too.
1: Yeah. They can reach me on my website, drmelissarodriguez.com. So that's Melissa. Two S's, one L, Rodriguez, R O D R I G U E Z dot com.
0: Awesome. And all of this information is going to be on the podcast blog. So you can go back there and click on it and check out all the information that Dr. Rodriguez has for you. Thank you so much for joining us today, Melissa. Thank you. That was so fun. This was really fun. I feel like we've haven't had like this conversation of like similarities between integrative yoga therapy and we had that here too. (laughs) Oh man, that's good. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Sounds good, everyone. See you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Hope you enjoyed that podcast with Melissa. She's amazing. She's the best. We love her here at Yoga Avec Moi. We always want her to come back. This is just a reminder that every Thursdays we drop our new episode. Please stay tuned. We love you. Subscribe. Tell your friends about it. And share this episode. And just love it. Coddle it. Come to the blog and give us a little message. We always want to hear from you. And we will see you in the next episode. Woohoo!